0: <laughs> I am Brittany Dangit, That's man. awesome. Apparently, this is Brittany Dangit, and I am seven. Holy crap. Um, <laughs> so this is working out extremely well. Man, no apologies, but we're really sorry.
1: Yeah, sorry, not sorry, but sorry.
0: Uh,
1: welcome to Bay Street. I hated oh that. OK. God.
0: Again, let's take three. Take uh, score 10. First.
1: the podcast with color, reminding you that you are human and that's okay. I am Bespoke It.
0: And I am Seven Murray, and here we discuss life from our unique perspectives and the struggles of adulting. How are you doing today, Brittany?
1: I'm good. Um, so I have been watching my nephew, my two-year-old nephew, for the last several days. It has been an experience.
0: Like a birth control type experience? Oh, God, or... yes. Yes. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, aren't they all? I, so are I, puppies.
1: Yeah, yeah. Puppies and babies. I, I I say that with complete and utter conviction right now without feeling bad. I love my nephew. All of my babies, actually. I have three nephews and a niece. I love them all. My niece was here with me yesterday. We had a blast. But then she didn't want to eat my hash browns because she said I put too many vegetables in it. And I was like, okay, I'll eat them then. That's, Fine. You don't need to taste. That's fair. Toast.
0: That's fair. Right. If you're going to have a hash brown, let it be the greasy potato. Don't put anything extra in it. It doesn't listen, belong in there.
1: Listen, I'm not eight. I am 32. We need vegetables.
0: I don't even care. I'll put that junk on the side. It's called a salad. Grow <laughs> up, okay? Put that junk in a salad like normal human beings. I'll put it in no hash browns. What are you, crazy? You don't see McDonald's putting some peas in there.
1: Um, That's because they put poison instead.
0: This is also true. <laughs> mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. anyway um i we had a we had a fun day and that but she's eight so there are things that eight year olds do that just make you look to the side and be like interesting i wonder if i did that when i was eight
0: i probably still do that now
1: and i remember a lot of eight so i'm like oh that's in, that's that's really cool do you hear that okay mm-hmm. so that is the two-year-old and he's probably throwing a tantrum about only god knows what and the funny thing is, it's probably not even a tantrum. He's probably just really excited about something, but doesn't know how to express it other than yell to the high heavens. And so <laughs> that's what I've been doing for the last several days. And I love my babies, I, that, especially that kid. I love him. He's hilarious. No is his favorite word. It doesn't matter what happens. He loves the word no, w- except when he's eating and then everything is yes. And he moves his shoulders up and down.
0: He's nice. very, very
1: expressive when it comes to eating. He's hilarious. But today he had a whole meltdown. It was nap time. He was tired. He had a whole meltdown because I wouldn't open the um, an umbrella in the house. Like He comes to me with an umbrella. and was like, hands me the umbrella. I was like, thank you. Then he takes it back and I'm like, okay. And then he hands it to me again and points to the button. And I was like, no, honey, we're not opening that in the house. He falls to the floor, completely melts like an ice cream, screams like someone is murdering him. And I'm looking around like, where's my mother? Like, where's where's Grammy?
0: <laughs> my mom. <has laughs> where's the grown-up? adultier adult?
1: Where is the uh, where's the other grown up? The uh, the one who's actually <laughs> responsible for the both of us? Where is she? <laughs>
0: where's the real one? The real one. I'm faking it, honestly.
1: Seriously. And so I was like, I, I I don't know, kid. Like, I'm not opening this umbrella in the house. And I know you hate me right now because I'm not giving your way. And your response to that is to completely. Get someone to call CPS on me, but that's fine. And so he finally just cried till he was tired enough to be like, "I'm gonna go to sleep now." So then he like lifts his little because every time I would come near him, he would run away. So I was like, "Okay, fine." So then he comes up to me, tears flooding down his fluffy face, lifts his arms up. I pick him up, put him on my shoulder, and I I stand up and rock him back and forth while we watch Inside Out. He finally falls asleep while we watch Inside Out, and then I realized that life is this two-year-old completely unpredictable falls apart over an umbrella and sometimes all you can do is watch inside out and cry because sadness just touched all of the memories and you have no idea what she was thinking so that's how i'm doing
0: (laughs) sounds like you're doing great though
1: I'm, I'm great. I'm great. I'm auntie of the year. No, I love my babies. I'm auntie so glad to be back close to them. I've lived away from them for like, gosh, 13 years. I've been like, oh, I haven't been just down the street. And then the last seven years, I've been out of the state completely. So I've only seen them like once a year when I come home for Christmas. And now I live here. So they see me all the time. So I'm having a blast.
0: So They're probably tired of you.
1: Oh, they're probably like, when's she leaving? You ain't going back yeah, to Yeah, right. Oh my gosh. Why she's still here?
0: <laughs>
1: no, I love my babies so so much. I so if I if I never had kids, I'd be okay because I feel like they're my babies just as much as they belong to my brothers. Both of my brothers. But I'm like, oh no, they're mine. Especially my niece. She's like my mini me. She looks like me. She just reminds me of me. And every time I see her, I'm like, hey big brother, you can take me home.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so funny. How cute. How are you? um i'm good um usually spend every morning applying to jobs and uh finally got a an email back from a job that wanted to have an in-person interview which kind of caught me off guard because nobody's really doing that
1: in the rona um, season they want to be they want to meet in person
0: exactly so <clears throat> i was like is there any way we could do it over zoom or a phone interview and she's like we prefer in person i'm like
1: this is a southern state isn't it hmm hmm
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, now I had to figure out how to, how to get there if I can get there, and I'm kind of waiting for, uh, I, I, you know, I told her that I would if she can reschedule for for Monday, uh, still waiting to get confirmation on that. And so that kind of has me in this odd purgatory. Other than that, uh, doing okay, you know, doing what I gotta do. <clears throat> so um, what's this episode about?
1: This is our ghosting Hitler episode.
0: No, been looking forward to this particular episode for a couple of weeks now called Ghosting Hitler?
1: The Dilemma of Online Dating. um, And you're probably listening to the title of that podcast like, what in the world?
0: (laughs) Oh, there's a reason for that. There
1: is a good reason. The reason our podcast is entitled Ghosting Hitler is because Seven and I have been talking about our online dating experiences. And if you have not heard our first episode, um, you need to go back and listen to it because That is going to give you some context for what we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. In that podcast, we kind of just start to talk about our dabbling in online dating because of where we both were currently. And we both actually ended up on the same dating app without realizing it until we were talking about it one day. And so that's where that whole conversation kind of started. But then we both started talking about like our experiences with people like ghosting us and, you know, just disappearing and making the whole online dating experience really really miserable it's like we're just trying to find love and yet people are out here trying to like feel your emotions
0: so that's- but the thing is but the, the thing is that Brittany and I were never the dating app type people never we just didn't care we we even talked about it at Cafe Greco we did
1: our first did. on our first friend date
0: <laughs> right and it wasn't it just wasn't something that we did we didn't care it was ugh, whatever um and so the fact that we ended up being on it. Um, and this is not my this wasn't my first time being on a dating app. I've been on there. Again, it's a my poop app, you know, generally. Every now and then I'll get like a <clears throat> I'll get a match, but it's extremely rare that I get a match. And so it's uh it's funny that we ended up on it at the exact same or near the same time, probably within a week apart or maybe not. You were you were already on a month on it before I was. Yeah. I remember talking I about that.
1: that. Um, So this is a good question. How did we end up, let's just say how and why did we end up on this app?
0: I blame the Rona. (laughs) I blame the Rona. Actually, part of my thought process was that because we we are all quarantined, that one, there would be more people on it. There'd be more women on it. And maybe they'd be more willing to have a conversation, like a real conversation. It's been my past experience that women generally are shocked that I speak the way I do based on the way I look. I don't know if they think that I'm going to be extremely stupid or a dick. I don't know what they're thinking, but I apparently don't match what they thought I was going to be based on what I look like. The I've hair. Been told that several times. It's
1: a the hair. They can't, they can't believe it. It's like his hair is so shiny. Why is he so smart?
0: <laughs> so shiny. What? Uh, I've gotten some weird, I've gotten some weird things, but anyways, I blame the Rona for why I was on it. And again, like I said, I usually played around with it while I was pooping and because I had the Rona for a little bit, uh, it was pretty often. Okay.
1: So anyway... I don't blame the Rona for why I was on there. We're going to move past that as fast as we can. I don't blame the Rona for why I was on the app. I was actually on it several weeks before the world turned upside down and the coronavirus started spreading everywhere. Um, A friend of mine, one of my girlfriends that I've been friends with since freshman year of college told me about it because she was on it and we were running together one day when Atlanta was normal and she was telling me about, you know, these guys that she had matched with on this app and I was like, oh, interesting. Okay. Hmm. And I just kind of listened and anyone who knows me knows that I'm not a good dater. I don't date well um, because I tend to come off extremely high maintenance and I get that. I've owned it. I'm okay with that. So it's like, all right, whatever. And I like to have conversations with people. If I'm on a dating app, it's because I'm like, I'm assuming that everyone else on here is also looking for what I'm looking for, which is something legitimate something real and what i learned real fast the first time i ever tried a dating app is that is that you're naive i was, I was extremely <laughs> naive back in the day so after a couple of very awful experiences i was just like nope 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 i'm done i ain't ever doing this again and that was back in january when i tried it for like i tried one app for like a day and was like this is stupid got off and then my my, my one of my best friends she was like you didn't even give it like a whole week. And I was like, who needs to waste the time? I'm done. Um, (laughs) Never doing that again. And then my friend, you know, mentions to me, you know, what an interesting time she's having on this app. And I was like, I'm going to secretly try it, but I'm not going to tell anybody because if I tell any of my friends, because they know my history, they will not take me seriously that I'm actually going to try this. So it just, it was really interesting because I was actually having a um, a Google chat date with my girlfriends from college. This was before Rona. This is just something that we did for fun anyway, because we've all been spread out across the country for many years. So we've gotten accustomed to meeting up with each other on Google chat and we were having one of our dates and my girlfriend who had told me about the app was going through all of her matches with us on, on our date on Google chat. And it was so crazy. I remember thinking, oh, my God, I'm so glad I didn't tell any of my friends that I was doing this because I don't want to end up doing this, you know, going through all of my matches with my girlfriends, you know, and hearing everybody's comments and stuff like that. Not that I don't love my girlfriends, but I just didn't want to make it like a silly thing and then i ended up finding someone that i like to talk to so that's just the recap of how we ended up here seven got on it first so he could have a poop app and i got on it because i'm like I'm, i moved back to atlanta i want to try to meet some new people try to get my life restarted here this might be a good place to try to figure that out and that's how we both ended up here but you know in the context of like being ghosted <laughs> i've been ghosted by some people that i didn't even meet on an app like um, there was this one guy in LA that I was talking to um, earlier this year and um, you know, we were talking for a little bit and things seemed like they were going well. And I told him, Hey, I'm getting ready to move across the country. Are you cool with that? He's like, yeah, I can do long distance. It'll be cool. And I was like, all right, cool. If you're cool to try this, then that's great. And um, during a conversation we were having, um, once I actually came back to Atlanta, cause we talked for like a month while I was in California still came back to Atlanta. We were in the middle of a conversation. I just happened to ask, are we dating? Totally freaked the guy out. Oh my God. And I was like, I'm not asking you because I'm trying to like date you or marry you. I was just trying to get a feel for like where you are because I live on the other side of the country now. I need to you know, if this is going somewhere or am I wasting my time? I'm just trying to figure it out. Totally freaked homeboy out, ghosted me.
0: Yep. That sounds about right. Honestly, (laughs) that's, that sounds about right. I got, I got ghosted by what's her face at the networking event. You
1: did. She Um, never talked to you again. Yeah.
0: That's, that sucked. Cause I was like, did she throw her freaking phone in the, in the ocean forever? I I don't understand. It literally didn't make any sense to me. And it was funny because at the end of that, she did meet up with me at the networking event. And at the end of the night, after she kind of showing her around treasure Island, I can tell that she was expecting a kiss and it was just really awkward Cause I I I'm not a forward. I'm not a forward guy. Like I couldn't hit on a, I couldn't hit on anyone. I really couldn't <laughs> hit. I I can't I, because I'm just because it's so uncomfortable for me. Because I imagine that the woman in that position probably gets hit on a lot, and I don't want to be the 578th guy that hits on her. And so I'm just gonna. That's why I like, like, if we can be friends, great. If something comes out of that, great. That's why dating apps are always so odd. I got to tell you, I'm terrible with dating apps because I'm not that smooth, suave guy. I like having conversations and I like talking about deep things and no girl wants that, especially on those apps. And uh, so I have problems with that because I'll ask these questions and they're just like, peace. Um, So I've gotten ghosted often. I I know that... You know how when you're setting up your profile for your little dating app whatever Mm -hmm. i used to answer the questions seriously i used to take them seriously and answer them being like oh well these are my goals in life and uh two truths and a lie check this sucker out you'll never believe it that's what i used to do this last time because i didn't actually give a crap that one prompt that's like two truths and a lie Mm -hmm. mine literally says i'll read it to you i can speak russian and french i can parallel park a train I once ran a marathon because it was on the way. That's, that was part of, literally didn't take it seriously. And all of a sudden when I stopped taking it seriously, now I'm getting some responses. <laughs> Are you serious right now?
1: now i getting ghosted.
0: <laughs> seriously, my simple pleasures, I was like killing two stones with one, with one bird. Like who the hell says that? I just don't understand. You just have to do everything opposite of what you think your instinct should probably be in a normal organic situation. Do the opposite on a dating app. I said, don't be serious on a dating app. It's stupid. And so that's what I did. I had this
1: one guy. Um, this was, this was a while ago. Ask me, cause I had asked him, this is while I was living in California. I had asked him, so what brought you to California? Are you from here or did you relocate? It's like, he said relocated. I was like, oh, for what? It's like for work. What about you? So I told him how I ended up in California. I literally was like, I moved out here for work and my um, best friend slash sister lives here. And it's been a good change. And he was like, "You talk a lot, and then stopped talking to me. Totally ghosted." <laughs> I was like, I, "I was answering your question with more than a one word at a time, and you think I talk a lot?" Hmm. Okay,
0: all right. I went uh, on, when I was still living in Bay Area. I went on a date with this one girl, and we went and got a bagel somewhere. And I was the only one eating, so that part was awkward too. I'm like, "Look, I'm hungry." And it was like 20 questions. I felt like I was being interviewed. You probably were. It was terrible, though. I'm like, she looks bored, one. Two, I'm like eating like I haven't eaten in days. That was one of the experiences. And I haven't gone on a lot of dates from these dating apps. And then there was this one experience, really nice girl, but I felt like she thought that I was her therapist. Mm. Holy crap. The whole time I was like, how do I get out of this?
1: Oh, bless.
0: But I didn't want to be mean, so... I just took it all in. I gave her a prescription for uh, (laughs) I I didn't. But how funny would that be? (laughs) No, but seriously, man, that was, that one got me because she was super photogenic. And so she didn't look anything like how she did in person. Honestly, it was the most mind, I think I told people about it. I told my roommate about it. And I was like, hey, so this girl's really pretty, showed him pictures, met her in person. I'm like, I don't know who I met because it wasn't that girl in the pictures. I'm telling you, man, these filters and Photoshop and whatever. I don't even know.
1: Was her picture filtered online?
0: apparently i didn't know it was because i didn't think that people would do that that's like lying like putting a whole bunch of filters on your face and pretending that you're prettier than you actually are because if you actually put your real face on there then we're not gonna sit there and i don't know i don't know how to explain it we just know that that's you and that's what we're accepting because that's what we see so if you put a ton of filters on And then we see you in person, now we're just like, okay, well, that's not who we were expecting. And those are my expectations because that is literally what you showed me. And so how unfair it is for these girls to do that. And they do it often. I've been in a couple situations where the girl was so incredibly photogenic and it got me. I hate filters so much.
1: Do you think guys do that?
0: Put filters?
1: Yeah, use filters, you know, angles. You know, turn to this side. This is my good side. Get me on this side. Post that. Post a picture from like 10 years ago, even though they don't look like that anymore.
0: I'm sure they do. I don't know because I don't see the guys' profiles. I don't do that. I don't take pictures with my shirt off. I don't take a million selfies. I just don't do any of that. I think my pictures on my profile were like me me and Huxley um at my sister's wedding so somebody else had taken the show the photo there's literally like three maybe four pictures there's always a picture of Huxley because he's obviously cuter than I am <laughs> <laughs> so uh, and that's my angle but I don't, I don't know if guys do that I've heard different things I think I've even been shown from the woman's perspective of what they see from guys and I'm just like wow these guys they just look like a bunch of tools they literally just take pictures with their shirts off and even if they're not in shape they still do it and I'm kind of like wow <laughs> The audacity of you. That's impressive. That that confidence. I
1: have a theory about guys who have like their shirts off in their profile pictures. When I was on the app and I've already decided like I'm never ever doing this again. Hopefully I can stick to it this time. Um hopefully I have a reason to stick to it this time. We'll see. Good luck with that. He said, (laughs) "Good luck." Rule the. So, my theory is that if you, so what? Well, my rule is that if I see a guy's profile page with his shirt off, I refuse to like him. If he likes me and I see, I go through his profile and see he has his shirt off, I will not like him back. And it's just a rule that I learned the hard way because I feel like most of the guys that I liked that either had pictures of them with their shirts off or liked me and they had pictures of them with their shirts off they always try to turn the conversation to sex and I was just yeah. like "Ah, uh, not no 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 I know this is like modern times and this is how everybody does things now but I'm pretty old school no thanks <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's funny I usually get like my my dating advice from my my friend who lives in LA she's great and more often than not she'll tell me not to do something and then I'll go and do it anyways <laughs> I don't know why, but I always ask her for dating advice. She knows who she is. I always ask her for dating advice. Like, what should I do in this situation? And then she'll tell me. And then I'm like, nah, I'm going to do it my way. And then I tell her, and she's like, what the hell you asked me for? Exactly, Seven.
1: That's exactly <laughs> what I would have said to her too.
0: Why are you asking me if you ain't going to do what I said? Because <laughs> I'm just curious what she would do. And then now I know. Now I'm going to do it anyway. Let's bounce
1: back real quick. Because I want to talk about the unrealistic expectations that dating apps kind of set forth. because you aren't meeting someone in person for the first time. It isn't like a natural organic meeting Mm -hmm. where you're like, Hmm, you know, I met this person at a party, or I met this person at an event, or a friend of mine introduced me to this person, and there's just kind of like this natural flow. You're literally creating like a profile of all the best things about you, best angles, best face, which creates these unrealistic expectations. I think that people are gonna be this this image of perfection in person, you know. And why is it that we present those things? Like, what are we afraid of?
0: Um, honestly, for people like us, and I don't mean that in a in a bougie or genteel type way. I just mean that I don't go on a dating app expecting to have sex with whoever it is that I want to meet. I expect to have a conversation with you and I expect to hang out as friends. Those are my expectations. For you to be a decent woman, <laughs> let's be serious. There, That's not always the case. I'm not saying that, that that never happens, but that's not always the case. And I think in the beginning, especially when I started to put myself on dating apps, I was naive in that way, expecting that I was going to find a really awesome chick and good girl and all this other stuff. um, And that wasn't, that's not what happened all the time.
1: I think a lot of people on dating apps are scared. And it's interesting, and I'm not saying this is like a, you know, a judgment or or a generalization or anything. Because I didn't think I was afraid of anything when I was on the dating app. And now, like, looking back, looking past it a few weeks since I've deleted it, it's been like a month since I deleted it. I'm like, Oh, there are a lot of things I'm afraid of, you know, just these irrational fears. I guess I'll say the biggest one is rejection. Like, will you like me for who I am? You know?
0: But even that's unrealistic.
1: Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't walk around in my regular life with my family or anything fearing that I'm going to be rejected because I didn't wear makeup today (laughs) or my eyebrows were drawn on crooked or anything like that. But you know, The irrational fear of trying to date someone is like, you know, if I don't look absolutely perfect or I don't present just the best, the very best of myself in this context, then I'll be rejected or I'll be alone forever or whatever the deal is. I feel like dating apps kind of feed that irrational fear to a degree because it's taken away the humanness of meeting people. Like when you can look at an app and just go swipe, 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 this human person and they're probably, they, they may be an amazing. They may have people who think they're great. They may be terrible and have people who are like, don't ever talk to them. But on this app, they're just a pretty face or a not pretty face or a handsome face or a not handsome face or a sculpted guy who goes to the gym or, you know, he should drink less beer body. You know, there's not like this human. And that's one of the things that even me who prides myself on being attracted to someone based on their personality, even I found myself struggling with that on this app. Like, oh, well, he's not, he doesn't look like this. He doesn't look like that. Knowing that if I would have met this person in person and we had a conversation and something about their them drew me to them outside of the what they look like context, I wouldn't even have thought, oh, you know, his eyes are this color and I like eyes that are this color or he's not tall enough or anything like that in a regular human context would never even have categorize this person anyway but on this app i'm completely forgetting that this is a human person who may be hella funny and i may miss that because i judged them on the fact that he wore the wrong hat in that picture (laughs) does that make sense
0: and i think yeah it makes sense i i think that's natural i think that's also one of the biggest reasons that i've learned not to take it seriously Mm -hmm. again i cannot i can't expect an organic chemistry from an inorganic situation i can't expect that Mm -hmm. And so if I end up finding someone or matching with someone on one of these dating apps and we end up having a really great conversation and then we end up meeting up, then that's better for that situation, right? Then great, yay, high five. A girl that I dated from, I don't know if it was this particular app or a different one or whatever, um, her and I ended up dating and it just didn't work out. It didn't because at the end of the day, you really have to find someone, at least for me, someone that you can have fun with. I think. Rejection wasn't part of my irrational fear. I was afraid that these, whoever wasn't going to really see me for me. And I think that's, that always like got to me. And I don't know that it was, I don't know that it was so much like, oh, I'm afraid to get rejected because they're not seeing me for me. But how can I expect them to see me for me when they don't even know me? You know what I mean? I think a lot of people feel the same way that you do. But like I said, I I can't expect anything from it because it would be silly of me to, to expect something. Amazing to happen from a dating app.
1: Hey there. Do you have something to say? Something you're passionate about that you want everyone to hear? Well, then it's time for you to start your own podcast, and Anchor is here to help. With Anchor, you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you'll be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's easy and it's everything you need to make a podcast. And the best part, it's free. So, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. We look forward to hearing what you have to say. So sign up with Anchor for free today. And now, let's get back to Bay Street.
0: And I think that's also why dating apps are are, are changing. It went from like a Tinder to a hinge where you finally get these prompts and these questions to answer and you get to comment on them or the ones where um, the female has to respond first, Mm -hmm. right? There's another one that's like that. Um, I think that's why these these dating apps are evolving into something that feels more human, uh, that you can have a conversation with someone and get to know them, not just on their looks. But with that being said, how interesting is it that they made a show, is it called Love is Blind? Yeah based on that whole thing that you were talking about, that idea.
1: Oh, you were were talking about the props and, you know, the ability to ask questions and conversations. And for me, that's that's where I thrive. Like, I love to talk. I love to connect with people over conversations. Uh, my girlfriends always say, they're like, we don't know what kind of person Brittany's going to end up with because she's just attracted (laughs) to the most random things. And I'm like, it's true because what, what draws me to a person is how I feel connected to them through conversation. And it just so happens that one guy that I matched with on this app that I was on, we connected over this, over these really great series of conversations. And what happened was he was like, Hey, how you doing? I was like, Hey, I'm good. I had asked him if he was from Georgia or if he, you know, relocated. It's one of my, so where are you from questions? And um, he was like, I'm not from here. I'm from up north, but, you know, I've lived here for most of my life. So this is home. I was like, Okay, cool. He's like, What about you? I was like, Well, I wasn't born here, but I was raised here, but I've been gone for the last like seven years. And now I'm back. He's like, What brought you back to Georgia? And I was like, Oh, it's a long story. And he said, Oh, I want to hear your long story. And I was like, really? That's
0: cool. <laughs> you care. Oh. And
1: that's, that's how our conversation started. And we've been talking ever since. It's been like a month now. So we'll see you know, where, where that goes. But it was the conversation that attracted me to this person. I talked to this one guy. <laughs> I talked to this one guy. Uh, and things seemed pretty cool when we were on the app. He seemed like he was super nice super attentive, like, yeah, I want to get to know you. This is going to be awesome. And I'm like, cool. And so, you know, we exchanged numbers. And then the first conversation we have over text, this is, this is terrible. <laughs> he was like, what's your favorite part on a guy? And I was like, uh, his eyes, because you can know a lot about a person based on their eyes. You know, I'm just trying to like, oh God, please don't, please tell me this conversation going where I think it is. He was like, well, I'm a breast man myself. And I was just like, oh my God. Oh okay and I immediately I was the one who ghosted in that con in that time I was like I was like blocked deleted I just, don't ever text me again it
0: was terrible <laughs> But see, even in that situation, I don't know. A, a guy would have to be extremely bold to ask that question in person in your face.
1: And that's the thing. I don't think a guy ever would. And that's that's the frustrating thing to me about a dating app. Like, it mm-hmm. almost gives people an excuse to be stupid, to be ridiculous. To like, you would not walk up to someone on the street and ask them that question. But for some reason, right. because where you don't see me face to face, you think it's okay mm-hmm. for you just it's to, okay. to just turn this whole conversation into like a booty call. And I'm like, absolutely. Absolutely not. You know, we're all still humans. We're all still people. Treat me like a a human. Treat me like a decent woman because that's exactly who I am. And I know you're going to miss the whole opportunity to learn that. But moving forward, whoever you end up talking to next, treat her like she's a human being, not some freaking sex object. I was so pissed when I read this message. I was like, you seem like a whole different person a few minutes ago on this app. Who is this monster?
0: But I think that's also the connotation that comes with, Dating apps mm-hmm. is that it's for sex, that it's easy hookups, that it's whatever it is. I think that's also why finding good people is an anomaly on those dating apps. Like it's not only trying to find another good person, but trying to find somebody that fits within your standards because everybody has a standard, everybody has a bar. I'm not saying that everybody has a checklist, but everybody has a bar. Uh, I I think it's it's rare to find someone that you can finally get along with and want to date. So then, you said yourself that you you've ghosted someone. So when does someone go from like being ghosted to dateable?
1: I think someone goes from being ghosted to dateable when we can have a legitimate, connected conversation that is not, it's not like all lopsided. It's not like just this one person asking all the questions. It's like mutual. We're both exchanging conversation and thoughts back and forth. Um, I think when it's not based around like physical, to me, for me, it's got to be Deeper than just like the random run-of-the-mill conversation, like, you know, what's going on in the world? There needs to be some spiritual connection there. I need to be able to laugh, joke, have fun with you, feel like a little kid, but then also be able to have these deeper, meaningful conversations. Once I feel like I can like talk to you honestly and listen to you honestly, and vice versa, let's get, let's get together to see if we actually like being around each other. Is there chemistry there? Is there attraction there? And then from there, I decide whether or not it goes to datable. Now, mm-hmm. it may take a while even after those things are established. We like talking to each other, there's chemistry there, we feel attracted to each other, that doesn't automatically translate for me into dateable. Mm-hmm. I feel like we may even sit in that spot for a while.
0: So then what are some fears that hover over that that space, that right before they become dateable or not dateable or whether or right before you offer up that that title.
1: That next step Okay, so for me, I guess one fear is that the whole thing will fall apart between the stages of B and C. So for instance, stage A is the conversation is good. Stage B is the deciding that you're dateable. Before we get to dating stage C, will everything fall apart? Will all the energy that's been invested be like, will will I have wasted my time trying to figure out, do we get to C?
0: Why would it fall apart?
1: Well, like I told you earlier, I'm high maintenance. I have very high standards about, you know, what I'm looking for in a person based on the kind of life that I want to live, you know, but based on who I am and my values and, you know, my core beliefs and all these different things. So what, what I've decided, (laughs) I'm just going to be myself off the bat up front. If that scares you away off the bat up front, cool. It's fine. Because now I know that I can't be my whole self with you. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to tell you that, uh, you will not tell you, but you're going to know that I like to communicate with you. I need you to communicate back with me. You may see it as like needy and wanting your attention. I don't really see it that way because I'm not needy, but I do want your attention. Like I don't need it because I have other things to do with my life. If you see my running to do list every day, I am not a unbusy person. Um, but if I am taking the time and this is, this is why I see it that way. Because I'm an, I'm not an unbusy person. I always have something going on. If I am taking the time to think about you, then that means I have decided that you matter to some degree. If I don't feel that same thing being reciprocated from you, then I think I'm wasting my time. So, what I've just decided to do is just, I let, like this, this one person I'm talking to, right off the bat, when we decided we were gonna stay in contacts and communication. See if we get from B to C. I'm like, well, I think you're a terrible texter. And I would like you to know that that bothers me. <laughs> and we work on that. And he was like, yes, we can. I was like, cool. Great. So the other day he texted. I texted him cause he wasn't feeling well. So I texted him and he didn't respond for like three hours. And I was like, are you dead? Did you die? <laughs> oh my God, Homeboy in LA, like after a conversation like that, Ghosted. This guy laughed and was like, You're so silly. I'm fine. I was like, okay, good. Because I was just making sure. (laughs) He's like, Yeah, I know. I just been busy. My bad. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'm showing this person up front who I am. It does not make them run. So this is good. Well, here's where I came to in that context. Like, I am completely okay. You know, I love my life. I love myself. In fact, this is gonna sound really terrible, but I'm just being honest. Inviting someone else into my life at this stage would be an inconvenience because I'm already super set in my ways. I have all these ideas and these things that I want to do with my life. I'm go, go, go. I'm this there. I'm, I'm all over the place. So bringing someone into my chaos right now would require me making a whole lot of space, which would require me making a whole lot of sacrifice. Do I want to do that? Yes, I do. But only for someone that I feel like is worth it. Right. And so um, I'm not over here, you know, needing this person, but to be able to like, Put that on him, like, you need to talk to me. <laughs> and him be like, reciprocate that in a way that's like, oh, she's so needy. But no, she actually just wants to talk to me. She wants me to want to talk to her. I don't see that as a bad thing. I would like that. To me, that makes that person dateable. And it also helps to like assuage my fears of like, this is a waste of time. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it makes sense. I think um, one of the biggest things that at least helps that transition of compromise, of reciprocation, Um, is being honest. Mm -hmm. Brutally honest. Um, I think that there's a much smoother track regardless of whatever the truth that is that you're telling or however you feel. This is you as a human. If you're in your 30s and you've had 30 something odd years of of experience and life and heartache and whatever bad situations, then you're probably... If you're not aware of those things, you're going to project those things onto whoever you're trying to date. And if you're not honest about it, if you're not self-aware enough, it's gonna mess it all up. Mm-hmm. that's that's just what's gonna happen. and my regardless of who it is that I'm dating, I'm going to be honest with you. And my fears in dating someone, like I am dating someone now, but my fears sometimes when I date her or when as, as we're talking, is I'm a super duper nerd, and my, Um, probably my at my most annoying when I'm correcting you (laughs) when I'm correcting your grammar or your punctuation and I I I don't do it because I'm being a dick I'm doing it because I don't I hope that you don't want to sound like an idiot like (laughs) if you don't know the difference between you are and your and where those apostrophes go or your your past participles like i'm sorry i know you're being super serious
1: right now but i can't i I just can't you're like i'm just doing this for your own benefit because i'm sure that you don't want to sound stupid right (laughs) i i just i
0: i imagine that nobody wants to sound uneducated or
1: like a dick i'm
0: sorry (laughs) i know i know and i don't mean that but that's like part but it's it's not even coming from any any form of malice it's just uh, man, even when I read text messages or when I read letters or whatever, it's just ingrained in me that I have to edit it because I, I read it and I don't want to read it the way you just wrote it. I want to read it the way it's supposed to be written. And it's, it's my brain. I can't. I can't. I just can't. I just can't.
1: Okay. So confession, I'm the same way.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're just dogging I, me for uh, my shenanigans.
1: Except that I actually don't actively try to correct it. I'm just aware of it because, you know, my my grammar and my diction is comp- is very important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I can code switch, so I can like be <laughs> out here like this and speaking in bonics and doing whatever, and then in the next moment I can be an Oxford dictionary. So it just kind of depends on which day you catch me on. But when I read text messages and it, like a word is misspelled or something is off, it bothers me. But I've like had to teach myself to not correct people because I don't want to hurt their feelings, and I know hurt
0: my feelings. And and I. <sighs> I have decided to ask if it's okay. <laughs> is it okay if I correct you? Not because I think you're an idiot, but <laughs> well, I think you're an idiot. No, I'm just kidding. It's really not that. It's is it okay if I if I correct you so that you know what the what it's supposed to look like or what it's supposed to be spelled like or whatever? And honestly, past participles probably piss me off more than anything else, but you didn't
1: um... ask me. You just correct stuff, lame. Or well, I don't need to ask or you. you just ignore it like I didn't say it and then be all like surprised when I'm like, I already told you that. Oh, well, you spelled it wrong. So I just ignored it.
0: <laughs> Look, Brittany, we're still learning each other <laughs> and that's all that matters. You see how we can still be honest with each other? Great. Thank you for calling me out. I appreciate I love that. I'm gonna you. punch you in the face later. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um Hey, anyway, I like I have a bunch of different things that are super annoying about me. I'm sure all of my friends can attest to all of that. Like my stubbornness. Right, Brittany? Oh
1: my God. Yes.
0: Actually, this is
1: a great. No, I'm going to save that for another podcast episode.
0: Oh, I'm going to
1: save it. Mm -hmm.
0: Can't wait. I cannot.
1: Audience, remind me to tell you about the day in the grocery store (laughs) that I was absolutely done with seven. Like the fact that we're still friends after that day is a miracle. Remind me to tell you. Somebody email me.
0: Look, lady, there's nothing wrong. with trying to no, do for No, we're not about
1: that right now. We are talking about the dilemmas of online dating.
0: All right, listen. Okay. So with that said, I am extremely honest with this girl that I'm dating and uh, she's okay with me correcting her and whatever, whatever. Um, she knows that I'm stubborn. She knows all kinds of nerdy, dorky things about me. Um, I don't own a television. I don't. I, I own a PlayStation, but it's in a box still somewhere in the storage and... Um, I don't play video games. I probably have more chess sets in my room. Look, I'm just a giant nerd uh, and I can annoy people pretty quickly. I apologize. But she is is shockingly honest. Like she'll say whatever is in her mind and I'm like, oh my God, did she really mean to say that? Like, why would you (laughs) say that right now? And I'm so mind blown by her honesty and she doesn't look the way she acts. She just doesn't. It's shocking. She she's extremely beautiful. And she acts like she's so freaking weird. Honestly, she's so freaking weird. She's such a weirdo. But I love that about her. Honestly, it's she's fun. She's like a giant kid. And I think it all just kind of started from allowing each other to be honest with each other from the beginning. No hiding anything, no secrets, no nothing. We are human. We make mistakes, whatever, and that's life. And you can either accept that and move, we can move forward with it or don't and move on by yourself. I I will also say that a lot of relationships, good relationships, I think that not only obviously take work, but it really is about timing.
1: Mm -hmm. I think what I appreciate about this experience that I've had with this person is the opportunity to learn a lot about myself. I project a lot. I do. I project a lot of stuff and One thing that's really cool about this situation that we're currently in where we kind of have to stay away from everyone is learning how to deal with that stuff on my own before I spew it out. So I've had to catch myself a lot of time being like, are you mad about this because of something he did or said? Or are you making assumptions based on what somebody in the past has done or said? And what I've had to learn is Even the whole, even the whole texting thing, like we, we did the whole conversation about, you know, texting and, you know, communicating and stuff. And I'm an extrovert. I mean, (laughs) I'm an extrovert with introvert tendencies. Mm -hmm. He's a hardcore introvert, which means he needs like alone time to recharge and regroup and reprocess. And I'm like, I don't need that. I need people to recharge and regroup and process. So why are you being quiet? Where are you? And like not hearing from him created, created this insecurity of like, that's it. He's, he's ghosting. That's it. Like he doesn't want to talk to me anymore. And something I did, or he's just a jerk. And like making up this whole conversation of things in my head. And my girlfriend seen absolutely love Fran anyway to death. She, <laughs> she's like the, the social media FBI. She can find out anything about anyone on social media. So if you don't want your stuff out there to, for anyone to find, <laughs> no matter how far you bury it, Fran will find it. <laughs> Anyway, she, uh, we were having a conversation the other with the one day when I was just like, "I'm done. This is so annoying. I can't," just, you know, just being myself. And she was like, "Brittany, have you ever just thought that you all have completely opposite personality types, and he's just not aware?" And I was like, "No. This is why you need good friends."
0: Yeah, this is true.
1: This is why you need good friends. So we actually had a conversation one night about our different personality types, and he was like, "You know what? I had no idea that I even needed that, but it's it's literally." how I function, who I am. Like I need all of my alone time. When I'm focused on something, I zone out everything and nothing matters but that one task and I just gotta get it done. And I'm like, mm not like that. I need all the attention. I don't no matter how tired I am. I always have time for people. I can multitask. I can talk to you. I can t- be texting you. I can be on a Skype call with someone. <laughs> I can be writing something. I could be working on something. I can do this and he can't. And having to understand like, Brittany, he's just different than you. It's got nothing to do with you. Stop projecting, you know, your rejections from people in the past who didn't get you. Stop stop projecting that onto him before you jack up a really great situation. <laughs> so that was some, that's something that I've learned um, that I'm working on. I'm growing as a person.
0: Yay. Adulting, learning how to adult.
1: I'm going from, from like a little Britney to a less little Britney.
0: You know, I, I speaking of learning stuff, I think in every situation that I've been in or whether it's like a girlfriend or dating or whatever, I've learned a lot about myself. And I think this last time I really learned that I'm really looking for my best friend. Mm. And I know that I've heard that it's like an adage and it can, it's, I'm sure it's an idiom somewhere, but the truth is that, and I think I told you that, is I really just want to make out with my best friend. You know what I mean? I want to be able to have fun with you and fight with you and know that it's still going to be okay, literally, just like a best friend. And that's what I'm looking for because I don't think it's going to be perfect and it's not going to be a fairy tale story or ending or whatever it is. It's not going to, it's not going to look like that. Mm-hmm. It's just not, you know, I've had a lot of, I still have a lot of good friendships with people that I've known for at least five plus years and I've gotten in fights with them and we've disagreed and but we still like we love each other we truly love each other deeper than just a friendship Mm -hmm. and um yeah I think that's what I want at the end of the day for a relationship that I'm in so
1: I think I used to look for that and then uh, I don't know if you know Kev on stage and his wife, Melissa, they have a podcast called the love hour that I'm completely obsessed with. Kev on stage also has a podcast called righteous and ratchet that I'm also completely obsessed with. Um, but um, Kevin, Kev Melissa on the love hour, they had a whole conversation about this. That I thought was so interesting. And it was like, is your partner your best friend or does your partner have to be your best friend? And that just, it was so, I'd never ever considered this before because I used to be just like, just like you, like, I need to find my best friend. I need to be in, you know, marry your best friend. That's what everybody tells you. But after listening to that conversation, I started thinking about more about like myself, who I am, and like really looking at my best friend or my best friends, people that are my best friends in my life. And I realized that there isn't, it's not possible for me to marry my best friend. And here's why I have a couple of best friends. You're one of them.
0: I said, yay.
1: And I have like, you know, a group of girlfriends that I absolutely love. One of them in particular, um, my, my sister that I've lived on the West coast with for the last five years, heartbeat. Oh my God, heartbeat. And there's things about her that I absolutely love. But then I started wondering, like, do I, should, should I marry someone? What if, if I married someone who was, who was just like her though, or even just like you, Would I be like happy? I was like, I don't really know because there's things about my best friends that I don't like that I wouldn't want to (laughs) marry. But
0: then it makes me feel like you're looking for somebody that's, that's perfect, that maybe encompasses a lot of what your other best friends have all in one person.
1: Well, see, that is exactly the point that I'm getting at why I decided that I don't want to look for my best friend, because for me, looking for that would be looking for some kind of perfection that isn't, that doesn't exist. What I want to look for instead, and this isn't, this isn't the conversation that they were having to a degree. They were kind of saying like, your, your partner doesn't have to be your best friend, but they should be a good friend. They should be someone that you want to be around, that you want to spend time with, that you can talk to, that you are attracted to. And for me, what it kind of did was, Thinking about the conversation in my context is it kind of freed me from this, what I didn't realize I had put myself in at the time, but this box of you have to find this thing or else it's, it's, it's broken. Like it's gotta be this perfect thing or, you know, nothing at all versus saying you can meet someone who is a great partner and a good friend, someone you absolutely love, but you may already have other friends that kind of feel these different places in your life and your heart you know? And for me, I I, I have what I call um, the Disney, the, the Disney love story syndrome. And I call it a <laughs> syndrome because it really is a sickness. <laughs> when you believe that life is going to be this, you know, I found Prince charming fairy tale kind of situation. You look for that and you always end up being disappointed instead of being like, I met this person, they weren't perfect. But over time we find out we just kind of work and, you know, So we're, we're working at this. That's where I am now. I'm looking for, I'm not looking for my best friend anymore. I have best friends. I have wonderful friends. I have you, we talk about any and everything. I have, you know, so many wonderful girlfriends. I need to call. (laughs) I have Fran, Fran. I forgot to mention Fran in there too. Um, there are things about Fran that I would not want to marry, but I'm absolutely grateful. I'm absolutely grateful for her as like a bestie. But I don't necessarily need a best friend anymore. I felt like I I thought I did, but I realized I already have best friends. What I need is a good partner.
0: See, and I think that and I totally understand what you're saying, and why this is what's gonna come out of my mouth is that it's a it's a matter of perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, the way I view it is I agree with you. I have I have best friends. Like there's you, there's Joe, there's Noelle, like you guys are all my best friends and I have really great group of family and friends that all fill a certain uh, void that I need in my life, whether I know I needed them or not. And my biggest thing was because I value my mind and my heart and my time so much, whoever it is that I'm dating would have to offer me something that I cannot get from the friends and the family that are currently in my life that's my that was like my biggest thing and the person who does get my time in my my heart my mind and all that is someone who can clearly offer me something that I cannot get from you or Joe or whatever in some capacity and I find that maybe it's because of how I'm defining what a best friend is in my life I find that I have quite a few of them people that I can count on that are reliable and loyal and extremely patient and and very genuine like i think i told you before everybody in my life who is currently in my life that i speak to on a daily basis or weekly or whatever they're extremely patient with me and they're extremely genuine mm-hmm. that is who is currently in my life and if you are not i can promise you you're not in my daily weekly life that i think about you know what i mean mm-hmm. um not to say that i don't have good friends or acquaintances or whatever because i do but that's kind of the general idea. And so that's what I'm looking for, is that broad connotation, self-defined term of what a best friend is to me. And so I'm not gonna sit there and make out with Joe. I'm sorry, Joe, I'm not. <laughs>
1: um, oh, Joe's gonna be so disappointed. He is,
0: I know. Uh, just, you know, I'll I'll slide in the bed with you, just move over, tell Stephanie to move over. <laughs> um, just kidding, Steph, sorry. Thanks for the uh, all the <laughs> hair tips and stuff. Appreciate it. Love you. But that's again, like it's a matter of perspective. That's what I know that my heart needs, and what I need in my life is is somebody who's just like that that I can make out with.
1: A fun thing to talk about would be like a then versus now update from episode one, where we said all those <laughs> things on the podcast about you know the dating app and all this stuff about it. To now, how do you feel?
0: Yeah, I think the first time we had that episode one conversation I was like whatever I'm gonna die alone <laughs> you, you totally
1: said that you're like it's just my poop app and I'm not taking it <laughs> seriously I'm never gonna meet anybody and then two weeks later you're like so I met this amazing girl four weeks later you're like so we're dating and I'm like oh eat all your words first episode
0: of the podcast oh, man it's it was who knew though honestly who knew I would have never honestly, thought in a million years <laughs> Obviously not. Seriously, you know, I, I, you were talking about like when you deleted the app, and I can remember when I deleted the app. I was going through a a period of depression, and I was having a lot of suicidal thoughts, and um, it was hard for me to be honest with her about it because who the hell wants to hear something so intimate and deep and intense like that, you know? And I barely knew her, but I felt felt like I needed to tell her kind of what was going on, and that's not really like me. Uh, I usually keep a lot of my private life extremely private for some reason I told her and we had a conversation about it and the weirdest thing happened she said something to me that I would normally say to somebody else to a lot of the friends or the people that are in my life and asking me for advice and whatever things she and that's not that does not happen she said it in the way I would say it which is weird (laughs) um and I was so thrown off by that that I'm like no I, I think I even asked her, I was like, hey, did you just regurgitate that? Or did that really come from, did that come from you? I was so, and I thought was like, it wasn't that terrible. I didn't come off that crass about it, but it definitely threw me, threw me off. And I think after that night, I deleted the app because I'm like, all right, let's see where this goes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what happened based on that, because she was so attentive quickly. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain that further but definitely threw me off um, off my guard and it was nice good deal yeah
1: well I guess everyone's just gonna have to stay tuned to see how this goes
0: I do have a question one last question does the guy that you're dating has he heard this podcast no
1: and I'm actually hoping that he doesn't hear this podcast if he does ever listen to this it would have to be like one of two scenarios, right? Either we decided this isn't working and we call it quits and he stumbles across it one day, you know, <laughs> in the ethers. <laughs> or we work out and he decides that he loves me no matter what and then listens to this podcast and is like, you better be lucky I love you because I'm not going to cancel you now. And he's like,
0: Hee-hee-hee. Awkward. Oh, man. I really hope he kind of finds out before any of that.
1: You know, he, he might. Let's see. I might accidentally drop
0: the link in a text message or something. We'll see. We'll
1: see. I might get brave and do that, but that's not happening today.
0: (laughs) Well, all right. Good luck with that. That would have been funnier. Uh, All right.
1: Well, this has been another episode of Bay Street. Welcome to the neighborhood. Thank you for listening.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Bespoke Media. You can check us out at our website, com, and follow our ongoing and growing content. You can also follow Bespoke at Media and Bay Street Podcast on Instagram at Bespoke at Media and Bay Street Podcast.
1: Join us next time as we continue discussing life and the struggles of adulting with zero apologies. I think next time we're going to be talking about just life, love and relationships, period. So that should be a super fun episode. You do not want to miss it. So until
0: then, peace. Peace out.